Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello and welcome back to the show. Today we have a new camera. So for everybody watching on YouTube, you are in for a high resolution treat thanks to my lovely husband who cares about such things when I, generally speaking, don't. Uh, So hopefully it's a better picture for you if you're watching, if you're listening. Still got the great road mic on, so we should be good. Today, I really would like to chat about a concept that comes up a lot in my coaching sessions. I realize that not everybody has the funds to pay for coaching themselves or benefits in their company where they have access to coaching. Um, That's a a main reason why I'm actually, I wrote and am finalizing my book, which comes out in November. So please stay tuned for that. There will be a pre-sale with incentives to buy it first and then regular sales where if you want a $20 version of me in your pocket there it is I pretty much bare my soul along with giving a bunch of different tools around how to build your business or a consulting kind of side hustle figuring out who your people are how you want to serve them even if you do stay in corporate knowing who your ideal audience is, how you serve them is pretty key to be able to do that effectively and make a long-standing impact in this world. So if you're looking for that, it will be out soon. But for today, I wanted to put a bit of coaching in your earbuds <laughs> um, so that you have a means to talk through a challenge that I hear from clients a lot. I actually just off, got off of a client call where we discussed this. So it's fresh in my mind. And the question I get is how can I be more confident or how can I be a more confident leader? And of course with coaching, I'm not actually answering those questions. You on the other end of the phone are going through the coaching process through the coaching structure of that conversation to answer that question for yourself, principally because being a leader is not a set in stone thing. And there isn't just one form of leadership, right? Or style of leadership. Everybody really has their own style. And so I think it's really important to take note of that. Also, something that we talked about in the session today was there are ways for you to come up with your own style if you feel like, well, I'm not even in a position of leadership or I don't really know where I want to start or as I figure out my own style, I want to be influenced by people that I admire Um, A really great thing you can do is look to some of those people and create a bit of a list of attributes that you like from the way that they lead, whether it's your manager or a manager on another team or somebody that you've just seen online and you really love their presence and how they show up in the world. Um, Those are great, great examples for you to draw upon and say, hey, you know, I really want to add this to my toolbox. I want to be this way. I want to communicate this way. We do it all the time in the way that we mirror people. And actually in my book, there's a whole section on, um, it's called mentors table. There's a whole section where we talk about different people that have influenced me and how to build your own mentors table. Um, so that you have people that, you know, and maybe even don't know, 
who are influencing you to be the person that you want to be rather than having people influencing you that are just in your life because they have been there forever or because they show up or they're in your workplace, they're your colleagues, those people influence you. And oftentimes you can't choose them, right? So we're being influenced by people that we're not choosing. We're listening to media that sometimes we're not consciously choosing. So it's really important to craft that group of people that you want to listen to and be influenced by and have in your head around being the person that you want to be or the leader you want to be. So that's one thing. Um, But for this particular person, what they noticed was that it really helps to be prepared. Leadership for them means feeling confident and they feel confident when they feel prepared. So something, and I hear it, it's not just this one person. Um, I've definitely heard it a lot where, especially I, I do find it's often Um, women, but I think it depends on really personality. I think women are just generally speaking, um, they're more either open and then they allow, they're agreeable. So they sort of, they can see the benefits and multiple options and then they're agreeable. So they also don't want to hurt someone's feelings. So if they hear an option that's not what they think is best, but sort of mediocre or, or okay, then they'll go along with it. So as not to kind of rock the boat. Um, but as a leader, people are looking to you to drive clarity. They're looking to you for direction. They're looking to you for the answers. And so, yes, I think as a leader, you can absolutely ask questions. It's not to say that you have every answer, but I think if you want to be self-assured as a leader, um, it's really about crafting your own brand of leadership and being that person consistently because we know that if someone is a certain way consistently that's where we build trust because we know we can depend on them to be a certain way it's the same thing with a negative trait right we start to come to expect negative behavior from somebody when that's what they're showing us so if they have an addiction they're an alcoholic or if they're constantly stressed or anxious when we see that multiple times as we get to know them, we start to assume that that's what they're going to show up as. And it actually becomes a bit of a self-perpetuating cycle, right? Because if you assume and you think that someone's going to be anxious, you're already a bit defensive because, okay, this person's going to kind of, or if they're going to attack you verbally, you know, hopefully not physically, that's another discussion. Um, But if you feel that you have to be defensive and they're kind of crossing your boundaries a bit with the way they speak with you, you know, you're already defensive as they're approaching you because you've learned that's how they are except you're basing that on a past experience, right? They might be coming up to you just to ask you a harmless question, but you've learned that this person might, you know, cross a boundary, be a certain way, hurt your feelings, be rough and in the way that they speak. And you don't want to feel that. So you're defensive. Same thing on the positive side, right? We come to anticipate people that we believe to be trustworthy or honest or dependable or, um, good good leaders we we trust their vision so we look to them and oh that's can be problematic too because that's a mental shortcut that we're using a heuristic to just okay i can trust them whatever they say goes that's that's also potentially dangerous right when if you trust someone and you have framed them in your mind in a good light well then they're good And so we overlook, and this happens a lot, right? When we first start dating somebody or we make a new friend and, oh, they're so great. Like we put them on this pedestal and then what happens? 
hopefully they don't fall from that pedestal. Hopefully you have realistic, a realistic relationship where you grow and change with each other and there's room for mistakes and there's room to be human and have flaws or faults or make those errors. And then you have forgiveness. That's the hope, right? Um, But so just to say that it's easy to fall into a pattern with either the positive or negative there. Um, And what you're doing when you're crafting who you are as a leader is acting in a certain way enough times so that the person hopefully, right, comes to expect leadership, clarity, potentially advice, direction from you. Um, But again, those are just some words that come up in sessions. What does it mean to you? I think a big part of coaching that people maybe just don't even know what the difference between coaching and therapy is, um, but a big thing for people is that they often come up to a coaching session and want someone else to tell them what to do. They want the coach to tell them, okay, to be more confident, do one, two, three, four, five. Except the whole point of being confident is that you're not looking to somebody else to tell you what to do, right? I mean, if you're confident in yourself, in your abilities, in your resources, in who you are, you're not going to come to me on the phone and say, okay, how, how do I be the best leader? How do I be confident? Uh, it's not to say that coaching doesn't have a purpose. I think it's great, but it, it's kind of this funny, ironic thing where you want to be self-assured and trust yourself. And you're asking someone else to tell you how to do that or tell you who to be. Now, look, I'm not trying to say there's no room for training and leadership courses. And like I've said, looking to others that you respect and admire. I think that's incredibly important. As I've just shared with you, look to people that you think are great leaders, emulate them, ask them questions, get their advice, become like them in the ways that you want to, right? Emulating somebody that's doing a great job is a perfectly good and effective way to go about becoming the leader you want to be. But I think a big part of being a leader is being able to sit with yourself and ask yourself what you stand for, and then being able to employ the boundaries to stand for that. So part of it, the first step is a very internal dialogue, which is, it's funny, this wasn't meant to be about my book, but (laughs) here we are. Like the first part of my book is all about you. Before you go and try to change the outside world or seek to lead other people or impact other people, the first part is going inward and saying, what do I stand for? What is being a great leader to me? Who am I? What are my values, right? Like, what do I care about? Because how are you going to have a vision of 10 steps down the road if you don't know what your priorities are, what's important to you or your company or your team or your organization? Like, how could you possibly be self-assured and confident and a strong leader if you don't feel in yourself prepared? Now, yes, there are people that can show up and kind of walk their way on the fly without having notes or a set list of topics in mind. Sure, right? Not everybody needs to write a full-fledged script in order to be able to perform in a team meeting. But in my estimation, being a good leader is not just about nailing the team meeting. It's not just about charisma. That might be on your list, right? So that you can get people to come along with you. If you're charismatic and compelling in the way that you share, people are more likely to want to follow you. Sure. But at the end of the day, if what you're saying is nonsense, (laughs) at some point, people are going to turn around and say, okay, what is this? I don't believe in this. 
So people follow people that they believe in and they believe in them because of who they show up as and what it is that they're walking toward. So you've got to be clear about what you believe in and what you're walking towards so that the right people are walking with you. You've got to be clear so that the people that walk with you are the people that believe in what you believe and want to go where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, how could you possibly lead? Obviously. So a lot of times when it's, I want to be more confident externally, it's because there's not the self-assuredness, the preparation, the clarity internally. So it feels like, I don't know what to say in the team meeting. I don't know how to behave. I don't know what to do. Well, if you were clear, and we see this a lot, that the difference is that people might say they're not confident at work, but then when you look at them with their loved ones, they ha- or their friends, or their parents, most people are a lot more self-assured because they feel comfortable to make a mistake. And they feel comfortable that that person respects them, and they don't have to prepare. But the difference is when you're dealing with outsiders or potentially strangers, yes, you can still make a mistake. Yes, you still, you should be human. Like, no one's expecting you in the corporate environment to do everything right all the time, or at least they shouldn't be. But they are expecting you to show up with thoughtful things to say, especially if it comes to a certain project or a certain goal or a team that you're managing. You've got to be prepared for what it is that you're talking about. So I think that people that lead with just the charisma or just the, let's say, compelling side of getting people to believe in them, I think they're missing something from the people that are more thoughtful and feel like, oh, I'm not like them. Well, actually, there's something that you can do that a lot of them are not doing, which is you can prepare. You can be fully thought out in the ideas that you're proposing so that when somebody does come to you with a question or doesn't agree with you, it's like, well, actually, I want to go in this direction because one, two, three, you know, timeline, budget, um, company vision and direction, client need, like you have reasons as to why you want to go that way. So even if you're just pitching, you're not in a big team or leading a group, but maybe you're just pitching to your manager or your boss, but you feel like, well, how could I possibly... No, I don't know how to influence them. They're calling the shots. I don't have control over what my manager does. Well, actually, hang on. If you give somebody a good idea and they have more power than you within an organization, they could roll with it. There is, of course, the caveat that they could take credit for it. Um, That's something. But I mean, if you come up with a presentation, let's say, about a direction that you think a project needs to go that you're working on and your manager likes it, and you came up with it, and you have the email chain and the presentation sharing, and you own the presentation. And, you know, I mean, you could prove that if you really needed to, hopefully not. Um, But you do have ways to influence people above you if you show up and are proactive, and well thought out, and considering what it is that's important to them. So a way that you can go about this, if there's a project or something that you want to influence your manager on that you're working on, but let's say, you don't know how to influence them. This was another coaching session I had where they made this whole presentation. They went to their manager and the manager said, this is not at all a priority to me or the team. Um, You know, we just needed to get this done, but there's no long term horizon on it. And it's like, there was, there was the proactive, there was the taking initiative, you know, like to get the information and then share it. Like, that's great. But the importance wasn't clarified or there and clear so before you go about being proactive you can just ask some questions what's really important to you this quarter what are you focused on you know if you have your one-on-ones or 
however you engage with your manager, getting a sense of what it is that they're worried about. What are they focused on? What are their priorities? What do they need? What do, what do they feel like? Oh man, this is on my plate and I really don't want to deal with it. If you have bandwidth and you want to be proving yourself and getting a promotion or moving ahead, that's the golden nugget <laughs> is taking something off of somebody's plate picking their brain to make sure you're doing it and getting the criteria that they have important to them, making sure you're taking that into account and then delivering them something that takes a load off of them. Because everybody would love to have something taken off their plate, right? So really, really kind of easy way. And well, okay, but what if that person potentially doesn't really share clearly or they say, no, you know, uh, nothing. I mean, I can't imagine that a manager would have nothing on their plate or nothing they're kind of concerned about or working on. That seems a bit iffy. But, you know, if you're not getting something from someone, you can't control them, but you can go to somebody else, right? So if you know that somebody else is working on that same project, you can ask them their priorities, right? Or you can go even maybe higher up if you have access to people there. Of course, not to step over people, um, but for informational purposes, you know, there's really no reason why you can't. And if you're in a culture where you don't have the ability, I, I definitely know people that work in organizations where they're super, oh, just thinking about it frustrates me, where there are all these different levels and it's seen as really bad if you kind of talk to anybody but your manager or people on your team and it's very insular. And like, if that's how it feels um, and you've defined who you want to be as a leader and your company's culture doesn't align with that, or maybe your your company is super open and you're like, no, I just want to be, um, you know, sort of more chain of command. I want to know who I report to and who reports me. I don't want this like open dialogue. So we're talking about essentially being the leader that you want to be and doing that via your own definition. And if the culture doesn't align, the culture doesn't align and you need to either obviously stick it out and then switch or not. Um, but I would say, at least from my experience, that a cultural mismatch with somebody and their organization at some point leads to, you know, the same thing that happens when you're in a mismatch in a relationship. You don't want to be in it anymore. Um, so, you know, in terms of leadership specifically and in these calls that I have, I think the biggest thing that you can do to self-coach yourself, self-coach yourself, coach yourself is really start asking yourself questions around what kind of leader do I want to be recording that answer and then figuring out actions that will show that type of leader. So if you pick a quality, okay, I want to be confident. Okay. What helps me feel confident? That's the next kind of thing. So what do you want to be confident? This could be outside of work. What do you want to be? I want to feel, feel, I want to feel more confident, okay? Because you can't, I mean, being confident, you're not confident all the time. It's a feeling of how you're behaving. So how do you feel? I feel that I want to be more confident. Okay, so I want to feel more confident. How do I do that? I do that by figuring out, okay, what would make me feel confident in this situation? Have I been in this situation in the past, in a similar situation? What helped me to feel confident in the past? You look at a positive example of yourself behaving the way that you already want to behave. If you don't feel you have an example, which most people do, 
even if it's in a different context. So if you want to be more confident with your partner and more assertive with your partner, but you know, you don't feel that you can be that way. Look to other areas of your life, similar with work, look to other areas to find when have I felt that I have been confident? How did I behave then? What was that like? And that'll inform you about that personal brand of leadership or personal brand of confidence or personal brand of patience or whatever quality it is. And then you can go forward with, okay, so I want to feel more confident. Here's what makes me feel confident and how I behave when I feel confident. Okay, so what can I do in this situation to bring about that feeling? So once you have the feeling, okay, I know what confidence is. I know how I behave when I'm confident. Okay, how can I do that and bring that into the room when I have this meeting or big presentation, or I'm going to talk to my manager one-on-one because that's where I can, you know, pitch my idea and lead in my setting. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you know, with this type of leadership, I can hire the right people because you, if you know the kind of leader you want to be, then it's going to inform, like I said earlier, the type of people that are going to follow you. So if you're in your own organization or what do I do next with my company? Like, do I launch a new product? Do I launch a new line? What do I do next? It's the same process. Okay. What's my vision? I don't really know. Okay. How have I visioned in the past? I don't know. I'm not good at visioning. Okay. Let's then look at external examples of visioning. Let's look up in Google ways to vision for company structure or company strategy or goals. Who are my mentors? Okay. If you find stuff on Google, who are my mentors? How do my mentors come up with product ideas? Who do they work with? What do they do? What's their process? So if you feel that you don't have an idea and you feel like you're telling yourself, I don't know, the way to get resourceful is not necessarily to Or you could delegate it and have someone do it for you. But if you're trying to be a leader, then it's not necessarily that you need somebody to tell you because you don't know, right? You can seek out that knowledge for yourself. And so if you don't have personal examples in your life of what being an entrepreneur or being a leader, being self-employed, a self-employed leader or entrepreneur, you don't have ideas of, okay, how would I do that? How would I go about that? Look to people that you admire that are doing that. Look at if you go to a specific cafe regularly or restaurant or a clothing shop or wherever you wherever you shop a grocery store like go talk to a manager of a grocery store they'll tell you all about having to manage logistics of supply and inventory and then people that work there like they have all kinds of issues with how to manage so it depends on the also the the type of leadership and the type of management if you want to manage other people or if you want to lead a project that's more tech driven like these are, there are all these kinds of proliferations of what leading and managing can be. And I think that's where sometimes people get, or, or maybe it's useful to have a one-on-one coach is because it's difficult for me to sit here and give you this one size fits all thing right now in this moment when you're all, everybody listening is going in a different direction, right? So that's where answering these questions for yourself to start going and creating the vision for yourself, and then embodying the type of leader that you want to be, of course, by first figuring out who is that is sort of your first step. So how do you be more confident? Well, define what confidence is like for you. And then look to examples in your life of yourself when you have been confident. What was that like? And then figure out what actions you'd have to take to prepare yourself or to be in a position to bring that level of confidence forward in that environment the desired environment. So you vision, okay, here's, here's how I was confident in this setting with 
you know, my family, but I want to bring this into work. Okay, here are the attributes of how, of what I was like when I was confident, you know, I was outspoken, I was sharing my ideas, I was talking a bit faster, my body language was open, I was excited about what I was saying. Um, I was, I was really, you know, open about all, all of my ideas and worries and kind of vocalized the potential drawbacks and challenges I was having. Um, okay. So from that state, because when you imagine something, your body kind of takes it in as if it's real. So if you're imagining a time when you were confident, the reason that works is because your, your mind and your body is remembering that state. And that's a positive state because you were confident in that state. So now you're in that state. I want to feel more confident. You visualize a time you're confident. Then you feel confident in your body just because you're visualizing when you were confident. Wild, right? Although it's the same thing, and we know this is true. If I tell you to visualize, you know, a lemon and the smell of a lemon and the taste of a lemon and squeezing a lemon and the juice, and you can, I mean, you can start to taste it. Like I, you start salivating. Your body responds to just the image, even though there's no lemon here. Take any food, you know, a donut, an apple pie, like just start thinking about apple pie and cinnamon and how the whole house starts smelling really great. And, you know, like I'm salivating just thinking about it. So it's a similar sort of idea. It's actually the same exact idea. You vision the, the confidence. And because you're visualizing yourself being confident, you're playing a movie in your mind. Now your body's confident. Hey, yeah, you know, I can do this. And then from that state, from that emotional state of confidence, you're coming up with ideas. Okay. What am I going to do about this? All right. I'm going to write a list. I'm going to set up a one-on-one with my boss. I'm going to be prepared. So I'm going to, you know, get all my talking points out on paper. I'm going to get all the budgets or all the analysis or all of my ideas. I'm going to prepare myself and I'm going to do it. And you're doing that from a place of confidence because you embodied it right before you made those actions. So you can do the same thing before you go into the situation, by the way, (laughs) which, because people are like, okay, now I made all these actions, but I'm now it's like right before the meeting and I'm scared again because, well, I don't feel confident. Hey, go back to that, that anchor situation. Go back to that time when you felt confident or another time and really think about, okay, what was I doing? How was I? Where, you know, what, what was I wearing? How did I speak? What was my body like? What was my tone of voice? And and play the movie of that confident situation in your mind before you go in to the thing that's making you nervous, that one-on-one, for example, or the team meeting. So I think we went a little bit into the weeds here about actually being confident versus, um, you know, how can I be confident or kind of somebody coming to me being like, I want to be more confident, but I think that's important. I think that's, that's how you're more confident. You gear your body and your mind up to feel confident. And then you make sure you are prepared with the information side of things and you go and you do it. So you've amped your body and your mental state into that confident feeling. And then you approach the situation. Will you get knocked down? I mean, maybe I can't guarantee um, but you're definitely going to be approaching it differently than, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if they're going to agree with me, that kind of dialogue. And you walk in and you kind of fumble, right? Because you, you already set yourself up to fumble in your mental state. So how do you define who, which kind of leader you're going to be? Well, you start with value-based words. You start with any kind of words that come to your mind. Then you look to mentors. 
then maybe you read my book in November where I get more into this uh, detail um, and you really define your own brand of leadership by taking those qualities, confidence, patience, charisma, um, being inspiring, and you embody them regularly around the people in your environment, being proactive or taking initiative, you start embodying those things. And it snowballs into you being that person more often than not. So I hope this was helpful. I really look forward to seeing you again for career and non-career topics. You all know that we, uh, we get into all kinds of things on this podcast. So I'll see you again soon. And I hope that you take good care.